0: All right, we are back for the week 16 preview with the sporting intelligence crew I'm Ethan Weiss Pat Higgins is not with us today congrats to Pat on the marriage understandable hope you're Huge having muscles. a good time on your honeymoon we are here again with very special guest for the second time this season it is Mr. Andrew Blackman Andrew how are we doing how is uh, the sin city treating you up in Las Ethan, Vegas I'll tell
1: you- Tell you what, man. Vegas is great. The blackjack table hasn't been, uh, it's been all right so far. So we're knocking on a little wood. Uh, played a little golf this morning, and now we're ready to talk some football here, man. B- winding down the season. Pretty, pretty hard to believe I here that it's uh, I mean, I already it's... week 16. It's such a shame.
0: Boy, does time fly when you're having fun. Man, Boy, that, has this season say, been huh? fun. Uh, Andrew, we're going to cut straight to the chase here. All right. Yeah. Before we dive into all this, you know, week 16 stuff. We're going to cut straight to the chase. Who do you have in the Super Bowl? Who do you have winning the Super Bowl? If, well, I guess it is today. Yeah. Who do you have? As of right now, what's your prediction?
1: Yeah, I'm going to say, I mean, I I think coming out of the AFC, and you guys might understand this pick as I talk more today, I've absolutely fallen in love with the Cincinnati Bengals.
0: Mr. Burrow.
1: Joe Burrow, Joe Burr. um, you know, I'll tell you what, good coaching as well. Um, that's just a solid team. They've won a lot of games. They've covered a lot of games recently. Um, there's a team that's gone into Arrowhead and won. They've already beat the Chiefs this year, and you know, that's that's the cream of the crop in the AFC. If you got to be the guys, you got to beat the guys, and they've already done it. And they're not going to fear the Chiefs. Okay. They're, they're not afraid of that situation. Okay, I'll tell you what though, the NFC is is kind of a mess. I I, I mean, I just. I don't know. Is there a good team in the NFC? Uh, we're going we're gonna to find that out. Maybe we'll find <laughs> that gonna out. We're going to find out. I, I know, was talking. Yeah. Sorry. There has to be no, at no.
0: least one. At least one NFC team has to be in the Super Bowl. People forget. People
1: do forget that. And if you're going to pick one, I mean, look, the Eagles have won a lot of games. They've looked good on the ho- at home and on the road. Probably not going to have to play many road games. Hopefully, Jalen Hurts is all right towards the end of the year. But they're playing well right now. They've got the best quarterback. In the NFC, one of the, maybe the MVP front runners. So right now, you got to go Eagles, and I think Cincinnati's maybe more of a bold pick.
0: Okay, I like that. I, I'm also going yeah. Eagles in the NFC. I just haven't seen another team be as well rounded yeah, come exactly. playoff time. I I get a little bit worried about Purdy. Um, I love their defense. San Francisco definitely has the defense they yeah. that's needed to win. So does Dallas. Actually, I, I would say those three teams, all from the NFC, definitely have the defenses needed to win. I don't trust Dak. I don't trust Purdy. I don't know if I trust Hertz but I trust his ability to run the ball. Um yeah. and so I'm going to take the Eagles in the NFC. I know that's pretty chalk and I'm going chalk on the other side too. I, it's Josh Allen's year. It it wow. feels like he's been waiting in the wings. He had that tough coin flip game against Kansas City last year. It felt like they were ready to go and then, you know, Burrow came bust burst on the scene. Now the Bengals are on this super hot run. I think that if the if the Bills can Secure that number one seed. I think that goes a long way. Having to play Absolutely. at their place, they have rabid fans. The weather is a factor. Uh, the the you defense, know, the defense is legit. That's why I didn't take the Chiefs. I just yep. don't know if their defense can can you know survive playoff football. Um, and we both may look like complete idiots when Mahomes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> holding up the AFC Championship trophy, exactly. going to another Super Bowl. Um, but, okay, it, the picks are, yeah. Andrew, picks are in. Do you have Cincinnati over Philly?
1: Oh, man, I, I'll tell you what. I mean, I, I think I've convinced myself after wow. this week. I've done so – I mean, I just really right. dove into this team, and and I love them now. The picks are in.
0: Sitting here, 545 Mountain. I don't know if it's standard daylight time anymore. I can't keep track, but five forty-five here in Arizona on December 21st, 2022, Andrew Blackman Bengals over Eagles, Ethan Weiss bills over Eagles. Uh, feel free to follow us on Twitter at sport. I N T E L L G N C E and roast us for these picks. Um, or, you know, tell us you agree with us. Uh, we also post cool stuff on Twitter every week, heading up um, towards the games that can help you, uh, both betting, daily fantasy, and in your fantasy football leagues. But more importantly, go on to sporting-intelligence.com and uh, subscribe to the dashboards that are free for the rest of the season, our matchup analysis and player stats dashboards. They will give you an edge, clear, concise data visualizations for each team and their matchups for that week. So go on and subscribe to sporting-intelligence.com free for the rest of the season through the playoffs That is the good stuff right there. And before we dive into week 16, Andrew, let's go to our flowers from this past week. Where are your flowers going, Andrew?
1: Yeah, I mean, you guessed it, I think. Uh, Don't have to go very far. We've been talking a lot about the Cincinnati Bengals and we've just gotten into this podcast. You know, I I haven't decided officially if it goes to the whole team or Joe Burrow. So we're we're just going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals as a whole. We've got some great stats here. I mean, they're the epitome of the old mantra of good teams win and great teams cover. I think people got hung up on their first week against Pittsburgh when Burrow had a lot of turnovers, four interceptions, one fumble, and people are like, all right, well, this team isn't for real. You know, It was a fluke that they made it last year. They're not going to beat the Chiefs again. They ended up losing the next week to Dallas when they were a heavy favorite. That was without Dak. Since week three, Ethan, they have won 10 of 12 games straight up and 11 of 12 against the spread. So this season, they're 11 and 3 against the spread, which is pretty good. Is that any good? that is that any good? Uh, they've won six in a row. They've won eight out of nine. And the only loss that they had was at Cleveland, and they avenged that loss a couple weeks ago. So, and again, that only loss came against that Browns team without their full offense as Jamar Chase was still nursing that hip injury. Um, that's just more about the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow is a quarterback too. People really forget that he tore his ACL, and that's a significant. Injury. You see a lot of guys that hurt their knee. They don't come back. They're not the same player. He came back again, made the Super Bowl last year. This season started off slow. But as I said right now, look at these stats on the season. I got Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. All right. You talk about your guy, Josh Allen. This is his year. Everyone talks about him, right? Joe Burrow this year. Uh, 3885 passing yards, 31 passing touchdowns to 10 interceptions. His rating is 102.5. Josh Allen, very similar, 3857 passing yards, 30 touchdowns, 11 interception. That rating is slightly lower at 97.3.
0: But before we move off this, Andrew, I gotta say, yeah. check the rushing stats. That's where Allen gets his edge. But I, I'm an Allen guy. But also, right. we're we're not a we're not a QBR podcast here.
1: No. Uh, well, well to, it, I, it, I will it, say it, this
0: it is a flawed statistic in my personal opinion, but it does, it tells you something about the
1: court. It tells you, it tells you something. And I do think that over the last couple of weeks, I mean, I had Josh Allen on the fantasy team, so he started off, you know, amazing and he was so hot at those first couple of weeks hasn't been great towards the end of the year but no, again fair. just just look at these stats you mentioned the rushing stats and the people always say oh, well you know josh allen's a runner he gets a lot of yards sure over the same span all right over the last 13 games josh allen five interceptions five fumbles lost 10 turnovers mahomes 11 turnovers joe burrow seven burrow has 28 passing touchdowns mahomes has 28 passing touchdowns josh allen with 23 now, you mentioned, Ethan, the rushing stats. Well, Josh Allen's a great runner, right? Josh Allen has five rushing touchdowns. Mahomes has three. Guess how many Joe Burrow has? Oh, boy. He's got five rushing touchdowns as oh, well. Oh, here we go. So right. outside of those first two weeks I stand of the season, corrected. Joe Burrow right here has been maybe the best quarterback in football. I mean, Jalen Hurts, what he's doing is incredible, and that's obviously that's a different conference as well. Mahomes always is going to get a lot of the attention, but Joe Burrow is quietly – putting together an amazing season after making the Super Bowl. And if they finish this season, win a couple games in a row, could be a sneaky, you know, little backdoor MVP here for, for Joe Burke. Andrew, I was about to say, all right, listen to this. There yeah. is
0: a scenario. Sure. The Cincinnati Bengals currently sit at 10-4, and four, one game back of both the Chiefs yes. and the Bills. The Bengals have already beat the Chiefs head-to-head.
1: They have. People forget that.
0: People forget that as well. There's a scenario where the Bengals run the table on their last three beating new England this week, the Buffalo bills in Buffalo week 17 and at ball or excuse me in Cincinnati. That game for Buffalo is in Cincinnati.
1: Okay, sure. And
0: then they get Baltimore coming home as well. So if they can finish these last three weeks, they can finish. What would that be? Three of the top yeah. four teams in the AFC. Thirteen and four, they beat the Chiefs. They beat the Bills. They could have the number one seed, late season heroics, win the division, beat the Bills. Does Joe Burrow win MVP?
1: I say yes. And do you want to play this, the this Cincinnati is, Bengals? This no may
0: chance. be. This may be. I don't know. There's not. There's no talk about it. If Hurts' injury is serious and he's out or has this weird end to the season, okay.
1: I All think right. he was plus six hundred. I checked out wow. the line on uh, on DraftKings. He was plus six hundred. I think Mahomes was uh, minus three thirty at the moment to win MVP. And if wow. you put their numbers against each other. I mean, since week three, Mahomes' 11 turnovers to Burrow's seven. Burroughs got yeah. five rushing touchdowns to Mahomes' three, and they have the same total passing touchdowns. Right, this is Yards are comparable. Very interesting, and when you actually look into it, I think the Cincinnati Bengals are a better team than people think. I was shocked okay. to see how good they were against the spread. Their defense
0: is great. We'll talk about them a little bit yeah. more later in, in their game against the, the Patriots. This is not where I expected the beginning of this yeah. podcast to go, and here we are, potentially betting Joe Burrow yeah. for MVP. Anyway...
1: You got some flowers to give
0: out. I do have some flowers. My flowers are, are, you know, again, a little bit chalk. I'm going chalk today, Andrew. Sure, that's all right. My flowers are going to Kevin O'Connell. Yeah. They were down 33 to nothing at halftime. Uh, this was not a must win for the Minnesota Vikings. They lead their division by a significant amount. Their, their current seating is, uh, I don't want to say safe, because they got the Niners and Cowboys chomping at the bit. But, like, they're... Gonna win their. They already won their division. Yes. Spoiler alert! But they were gonna win their yeah. division even if they lost this game against the Colts, and that's a home playoff game, right? So yep. this is by no means a must win. These guys are down thirty three nothing at halftime, and Kevin O'Connell was able to keep his guys in it, and they pulled off the greatest comeback in NFL history that has literally never been done before. We have literally never seen a game like this. So we're gonna give credit where credit is due. That's Kevin O'Connell keeping his guys in this game because this now goes a long way with those guys in the locker room for confidence. You know, this could lead to more playoff home games. Um, Minnesota got a great home field advantage. One of the better home field advantages in the league. That could be huge come playoff time when games get a little bit more chippy. And, you know, potential rest in final weeks of the season if they can lock in, you know, that higher seed sooner. Um, Another thing I want to point out about O'Connell and this Vikings team is they get they catch a lot of flack for being 10 and 0 in one score games. Okay. I understand that one score, one possession games are random year over year and they kind of fluctuate and can kind of go, you know, one way or the other. But when you're 10 and 0 in one score games in a single season, it there is a, a point where it's like a statistical anomaly to the point where I think. That there needs to be credit given to this Vikings team and especially to O'Connell, it it, it speaks to how he's got these guys prepared for these situations. It speaks to how he manages these game situations. It speaks to how Kirk Cousins has been clutch as clutch as anybody. They're winning all these games, yeah. Um, so credit to KOC, flowers to KOC, um, and you know at some point we got to give them credit and not just say that they're lucky.
1: Yeah, Ethan, that's one hundred percent right. I mean, every game in the NFL is tough. Uh, you know you got to go out there you got to compete for 60 minutes and like you said and you go to another sport like baseball you always see these stats in the playoffs of one run games or less than a couple you know less than a couple runs how do teams do and the best teams are winning those close games and like you said there is something to be said about getting in that position having the confidence that you're going to be able to come back and win and then another thing is actually going out there executing and then doing it you know they haven't looked I mean, like world beaters at any point this year, but they have won football games, and that's all you have to do in the NFL. I know I just went out there and said, you know, with the Cincinnati Bengals, of course, you know, they're, Absolutely. they're a great team. They've been covering a lot of games, but you don't need to cover. You can get on a run, make the playoffs, and I think that's a great pick there. Good hire as well by Minnesota. I mean, young coaches, some of them have it worked out. Kevin O'Connell seems to be the real deal.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you look back at Minnesota's schedule here, right? Their losses are to Philadelphia who we just talked about being maybe the best if not one of the most well-rounded teams in the NFL. They lost to Dallas who again is an absolute juggernaut and I I know Dallas steamrolled them and that's fine that happens. And their other loss was to Detroit uh 2 weeks ago which Detroit's one of the hottest teams in football right now. Yeah. They have one of the best offenses in football. That game was at Detroit in intra-division game. Like that's going to happen any given Sunday sure. as they say in the NFL. This year, they have wins over – they beat Detroit also. They beat the Packers, who I know aren't like the best team ever, but like low-key, they have a chance to they've make still the dominated somehow, that NFC. Still. More. Yeah. Um They've beat the Miami Dolphins in Miami. That was without Tua, so I'll, I'll hold, my, hold my breath yeah. on that one, right? They beat the Patriots. They beat the Jets, two teams who are vying for a playoff spot. Like this is not – this is not a, a blank resume for the Minnesota Vikings, so yeah. that's where my flowers are going this week.
1: Yeah, I think um, it's popular for people to hate on them too, and people jump on that bandwagon. They're like, "Oh, Minnesota sucks. They're not a good team." Well, at the end of the day, they also say you're only as good as your record, and their record is pretty darn good. So, they're going to be a tough team to to get out there, especially if they have home field advantage come playoff time.
0: Oh yeah, definitely uh, agreed. Yep. Um, all right, let us you know let's dive into it. the interesting stuff. Let's yep. let's dive into the week Absolutely. sixteen preview here. Um, and we're going to start with uh, you know, what could. What could end up being one of the marquee matchups we see all year in the NFC, and that is the Philadelphia Eagles heading to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. Dallas currently four and a half point favorites over under 47 and a half. This is the matchup we've all been waiting for. Supremacy in the NFC East and major playoff seeding implications here for both of these teams in this matchup. Um, It would be remiss if I did not note right here at the top that Jalen Hurts is currently questionable with a shoulder sprain. Nick Sirianni has yet to rule him out. Um, The Eagles do have Gardner Minshew at QB2, who has proven himself more than capable to steal a win or two. So we will, you know, assume that he is more than capable as we dive in here. Dallas currently fifth in offensive efficiency, sixth in defensive efficiency. The Philadelphia Eagles coming in at number one in both offensive and defensive efficiency heading into week 16. Both of these offenses have very few weaknesses. Dallas's offense, fifth and third down conversion percentage, seventh in rush yards per game behind the dual-headed backfield in Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard, second in red zone touchdown percentage, largely due to that backfield duo I just mentioned. The Dallas offensive line has allowed the fewest sacks per game in the NFL, and all of these stats that I am mentioning are including the weeks at which, which Cooper Rush was their quarterback. On the other side, Philadelphia – led by potential MVP Jalen Hurts, unless, you know, Cincinnati goes on that miracle run like we talked about. Uh, Fourth in yards per play, third in third down conversion percentage. First, best in the NFL in converting red zone trips into touchdowns, the Philadelphia Eagles are. And they also rank seventh in percent of their drives reaching the red zone. These are great offenses that are supported by extremely solid defenses as well. Uh, Both of these defenses, however, have shown a weakness in the rushing game at times Dallas's defense eighth in pass yards per game allowed seventh and third down conversion percentage allowed fourth and percentage of opponents drives reaching the red zone stopping opposing offenses from moving the ball quite well and largely due to The fact that the the Dallas defense is second in sacks per game behind one Micah Parsons. However, the Dallas defense does rank 24th in rush yards per game allowed and 30th in explosive run plays allowed, allowing uh, themselves to be gashed in the run game fairly often. The Philadelphia defense on the other side, second in pass yards per game allowed, ninth in opponent red zone touchdown percentage allowed, first in sacks per game. They are the one team ahead of Dallas in that category, and they also are first in turnovers forced per game. That's been a large part of their success this season en route to a 13-1 and start. However, the Philadelphia defense also ranks 19th in rush yards per game allowed and 23rd in yards per carry allowed. That 19th in rush yards per game allowed is also with much of their... Uh, game time this season being in the lead as well. Um, so, you know, both elite offensive and defensive units in this game, two of the most well-rounded teams, not only in the N- NFC, but in the entire NFL and boy, do we really hope Jalen hurts is able to make it out on the field for this one. Um, as this has one of the, has the chance to be one of the better, um, matchups that we will see all season. It definitely is on paper. Um, I'll remind the loyal listeners, Andrew, of the Vegas Power Index, the VPI. Absolutely. As you dive in here, what's the VPI telling us about this one?
1: Yeah. So again, for those that, that maybe didn't join us last week, the VPI um puts two models against each other. It just has the the point spread for the game, and then the power, the football power index um, that's provided by ESPN for every game. So we take the football power index you know, that that ranks each team, gives them a percentage chance to win. So for this game, Dallas is at 72%. The line is at minus five and a half. So I've just tracked all those games and basically you just kind of see some trends when it's, you know, maybe seven, eight, nine. How do teams do? When it's three, four, five, how do teams do? Are they different? Are they the same? Well, let's take this game for example. So Dallas is in the range of 71% to 75%. FPI gives them that percentage to win the game. Overall, home teams in this category 58 and 62, with an average line of victory at minus six and a half. What does the average line of victory mean? I don't know if we really defined that last week. That means when the home teams get win and cover. That's just purely against the spread. The average line of victory includes this point spread. So when those home teams win, average is minus six and a half over all 58 wins that they've had. When they are giving six and a half or more points, so more than a touchdown. That percentage, uh, the home teams are 27 and 32. That's about 45, uh, just shy of 46%. When the home teams are giving six or less with the Dallas Cowboys are right now, that percentage actually jumps up to uh, just under 51%. Home teams are 31 and 30. So just on the whole, this game would kind of indicate there that when that line is down and obviously... If Jalen Hurts plays, it's going to come down a little bit more. There's a pretty significant edge there for a team like Dallas. When that line gets a touchdown or even higher than that, saying to probably go with the road team statistically. When it's less than six, five, four, three, all those numbers telling you that we like Dallas here. Some stats on Dallas as a team: started three and zero as a favorite. They're two and four since then. Their only wins again coming against Minnesota and uh, Indianapolis against the spread, but they're four and two as a home favorite overall. Philly has not played a game this year as an underdog. That's a, that's a crazy stat. Um, They've not lost a game on the road, but they haven't been overly impressive either against the spread with a record of two and five, both teams are eight and six this season against the spread. So just talking about those numbers and purely the point spread got to like Dallas here, Uh total total, this is, this is interesting. You're given a lot of numbers about the defenses. Dallas has gone over in six of their last seven games and Philly has gone over in seven of their last nine games. But what's crazy to me is I, I think the under here is an easy play. Uh, Dallas hasn't looked great. They've come back in a lot of games. They've had a lot of garbage points late in those games, which has caused that to go over. Um, thinking about that Houston game where they barely snuck by really the last couple of weeks. Um, and, you know, you talked about those two defenses. You gave all those stats, tough defenses. You're going to have a backup quarterback. I could see this game being like 17-14 and not even sniffing the the total.
0: Yeah, this is one here for me. I'm going to stay away from the line in total on this one. Yeah, Um tough. Th- This is a game that I just want to sit back and enjoy, um, especially with Hertz out. Uh, I think that the unpredictability there of how Minshew's, Minshew is going to step in and be able to run this offense – um I mean that's obviously a huge question mark. You're talking about the number 1 overall offense in the NFL right now according to our offensive efficiency metric and yeah. You know, losing your MVP caliber quarterback this season is is not easy to to predict. So I'm going to stay away from this one um on side and total. I'm going to stick to the props here and the two props I'm looking at. First is Miles Sanders rushing yard over. Um a few stats here. Uh, When Miles Sanders has gotten over 14 carries this season, that's been five games. He's gone under 60 yards just one time, and he's gone over 90 yards three of those five times. That includes two performances, over not only over 100 yards, but over 140 yards. So when he goes over, he goes over. Um, This is a Dallas defense that is fairly weak against the rush, especially relative to everything else that they do on defense, 24th in rush yards per game, allowing an average of 133.8 rush yards per game, as well as 30th in giving up explosive plays, giving up some chunk plays on the ground. And that's a huge key to, to cashing in uh, these rushing yard props, um, especially on the overs, obviously. So the other part of this is sort of a game scripty thing, right? Is that, yeah, you're coming in against a, a vaunted Dallas Dallas defense against the pass. You got your backup quarterback in. Let's say it's Minshew, right? You got your backup quarterback in. How do you, you know, take the pressure off of Minshew? You run the ball. You run the ball. You don't expose your backup quarterback to a guy like Micah Parsons coming at you all the time. That's just yeah. a recipe to, to have mistakes be made. You're going to want to kind of... Take the pressure off Minshew, run the ball, set up these one-on-one matchups, set up the play action for him, um, and make his job a little bit easier and lean on a guy like Miles Sanders um, to do that. Let's say Hertz does play. Um, He's got a hurt shoulder. You don't want this guy if, uh, you know, you're planning on a deep playoff run here. You're thinking Super Bowl right now if you're the Eagles. Um, Obviously, this game means a lot, and if Hertz plays, that's great. This game is not everything. You do not want to further injure Jalen Hurts. You want to take the pressure off him, both passing and in the rushing game. I'm looking at Miles Sanders over in this one. The other one I'm looking at, and this is especially, um, well, I guess this is also either way, Minshew or Hurts here. I'm looking at yeah. Jake Elliott over one and a half field goals in this one. I'm looking at mm-hmm. um, you know the Philadelphia Eagles number one in red zone touchdown percentage this year. A large part of that is due to the dual threat capabilities of Jalen Hurts and what that does to defenses and puts them in situations where they have to choose and someone's open. And that leads to a lot of touchdowns in the red zone for the Eagles. Without Hurts in this one, or at least in a limited capacity, you'd think that that um, might stall a little bit more than it has all season. So I'm looking for, you know, if that's with Hurts, with Minshew, again, just not the same dynamic abilities as Hurts. Um, especially in the running game especially around the goal line so i'm going to look for uh you know the eagles to still be able to move the ball they have a great rushing attack i think they'll still be able to move it minchu has been more than capable in past starts um, but i'm going to look for them to stall um, as they get you know down in the red zone against this very good dallas defense that does rank um does rank you know fourth in or excuse me 15th so middle of the pack and red zone touchdown percentage allowed however um, I, I'm going to look for uh, Jake Elliott to be making some field goals here.
1: Yeah, I got a boomer score for this game. I'm just going to throw out a prediction right here. I got 15 points for the Philadelphia Eagles, and I got 18 for the Dallas Cowboys. I think this game's going way under. I think there's going to be few field
0: goals. 18-15 would be way under. I but don't you know, I do mind that score. 15. How do you get to 15 without kicking field goals? I'll take it.
1: Exactly. I, I well, think that's, five that's field actually, goals for the That's actually uh, – well, they uh, could. I mean you go for versions, two. There's so, some yeah, things that you sure. can do there. But I um, I was thinking five field goals, to be honest with you. Hey, I, I think- mean
0: five field goals is over one and a half. Uh, but anyways.
1: So we go outline on Jake Elliott. Yeah. Uh-oh. This should three and be, a half, four and a half. Yeah.
0: This should be a crazy one. Um, this should be a great matchup with or without Jalen Hurts. A lot on the line for both of these teams. All right, let's move into our second matchup. Of uh, the preview here going with our Monday Night Football champion Green Bay Packers heading to Miami to take on the Dolphins Miami currently three and a half point favorites over under 48 and a half Miami looks to end this weird three game skid um, and hold on to their wild card spot in the AFC uh, they welcome the Packers who sit at six and eight and somehow still have a shot at, at the playoffs and, and you know what is a wide open NFC um, sounds weird to say for a six and 18 but here we are. Uh, Miami, 7th in offensive efficiency, 31st in defensive efficiency. Green Bay, a little bit more middle of the pack in both realms, 14th in offensive efficiency, 19th in defensive efficiency. Miami pass offense, even with a few weeks without Tua, still statistically one of the best in the NFL, even with you know a few off weeks here, uh, the past, past three. Uh, second in pass yards per game, first in yards per attempt, and fourth in explosive pass plays behind Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. They do, however, rank 27th in rush yards per game. This is, I will note, um, while they rank 16th in yards per carry, this coming off a dominant rushing performance against what what is a vaunted Bills defense. Um, so, so maybe learned a little bit about the Miami rushing offense. Um, they have struggled in the red zone. Over the past three weeks, which is a bit concerning dead last 32nd in percentage of their drives reaching the red zone 30th in red zone touchdown percentage uh, dropping both of their season long ranks in those categories outside the top 10 something to keep an eye on with this Dolphins team as we move into the playoffs Green Bay's defense uh, gets a very good reputation nationally and, and publicly despite you know being statistically pretty below average. Um, They have been excellent against the pass, allowing the fewest pass yards per game in the NFL, but they do rank 29th in both rush yards per game and yards per carry allowed. They rank 21st in percentage of opponents drives reaching the red zone and 23rd in sacks per game and weirdly struggling uh, to get some pressure on the quarterback this season. Green Bay's offense got off to a tough start. They've bounced back nicely in recent weeks, ranking 13th in yards per play, 15th in third down conversion percentage. That is 6% up over the last three weeks. Um, 12th in percentage of their drives reaching the red zone. They have been plus 12% over their last three weeks above their season-long average. So trending in the right direction for the Green Bay offense. Um, They have definitely leaned into their... uh, You know, dual-headed backfield of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon of late, rushing for an average of 162 yards per game over their last two games. Um, Maybe not the most impressive against the Bears defense and against the Rams with no Aaron Donald. However, 162 yards in the NFL is still 162 yards. On the other side of that matchup, the Miami defense has been flat-out horrible. Um, 26th in opponent third-down conversion percentage, 25th in opponent red zone touchdown percentage. 27th in percentage of opponents drives reaching the red zone an interesting note here is that buffalo the buffalo bills secure the afc east title with a miami loss or tie in this one forecast looking like there's a small potential for rain on saturday when this one is played or uh i guess this may is this one on sunday is this one on christmas
1: I think this. I think this one is a Christmas game, right? This one is a Christmas game. You're right.
0: Um, so again, small Christmas in terrain. Miami. That
1: that could be dangerous. We have Rogers.
0: seen that that um, we have seen that percentage chance trend downward, and thus have seen the total on this one trend upward from forty six and a half to where it currently sits now at forty eight and half, forty nine, depending on where you're looking. Andrew, what's, what's the VPI telling us about this one?
1: Yeah, so we got the Dolphins here. Last I saw is about four and a half. They have a 60% chance to win. So that puts them in a group 56% to 60% chance the FPI uh, gives them to win the game. Home teams overall, this category, 66 and 75 with an average line of victory of minus 2.4. So I really like these games. And this is really where the VPI comes in when there's, you know, significant variance compared to that average line of victory. So, you know, we break it down a little bit more and we, we, we look at obviously what that average line of victory is to start, which gives us a baseline. So home teams giving two and a half points or more, they're 45 and 43. That's, that's pretty darn good. I mean, 51%, you know, you're not going to, not going to make money, but But, you know, as a team live above 500, that's fine. Uh, But home teams that are giving two points or less are 21 and 32. That's just shy of 40 percent. So we got this one here over two and a half. If it were under, that would show, you know, big in favor of the Green Bay Packers here. But we got over. So, you know, we're going to take a deeper dive. Uh, Home teams giving three points or more. They are 34 and 38. So you saw two and a half, that's 45 and 43, but three, 34 and 38, which shows you that three is actually a pretty significant number. How about four, Ethan? Teach you about that. Giving four points or more, Those home teams are only 10 and 14, which is just about 41%. So not very good there for the Miami Dolphins. And you mentioned a lot of the stats with the Green Bay Packers. And looking at the dashboard, it's surprising that there's so much green in their offensive numbers just based on what the media has been telling us about this team. I know their expectations were very high coming into it. And obviously if you have Aaron Rodgers – you know you you expect to do pretty well obviously at a minimum expect to make the playoffs um obviously had a lot of receiver troubles and a lot of young receivers those guys are starting to figure it out christian watson if you had him in fantasy about weeks like 10 through 14 an absolute dog he was killing it for you and and everyone's starting to step up a little bit they were really in control that rams game on monday night from the start they've been playing good football the vpi's in Indicating um, here that the Packers are probably a pretty good play, and uh, I I think that I think I ride with the VPI here on this one too. I love the Packers. Just some more stats. You got the Dolphins at seven and seven against the spread. They're three and one at home as a favorite. Five of their last seven games have gone over. Green Bay Packers six and eight against the spread. They're three and four on the road, but they're two and two as an underdog. So much better as an underdog, obviously, than they are as a favorite. No, it's only one game, but, you know, the numbers matter here. Uh, Four of the last five games for the Green Bay Packers have also gone over. Um, I think it's going to be an absolute shootout. There's a lot of green in the offensive uh, categories for both of these teams. And it's funny that you mentioned the Dolphins. They don't have a lot of third-down plays because they don't score from within the 20-yard line. It's not because their red zone offense is – bad they just don't get that many opportunities yeah that's busting a fair out point. 30 40 yard plays that offense is scary I know the Bears put up 30 plus points against this Miami team I think you know 60 points minimum in this game 30 34 30 34 31. I think the Dolphins are going to take it but I think Green Bay covers
0: yeah no i I, uh i actually love the over in this one as well this is a spot where i'm staying away from the spread only because it feels like a spread where you're buying you know it it feels like a spread where miami is trending downward and you're really selling miami at a really low point and you're buying green bay at a really high point relative to the rest of their season that sometimes scares me so i'm going to stay away from the spread on this one I love this over as well. This Packers defense gets a lot of love and they're not very good. The Dolphins need to win this one. They've been on a three game losing streak now after being securely in the playoffs and even competing for the division title in the AFC with the Bills a few weeks ago, lost three in a row. They need one. Um, And, you know, having this overrated to some extent Packers team coming to your place in Miami this feels like one that McDaniel's and that the rest of that locker room knows that they need to win, um, and they showed this random ability to run the ball last week um, yeah, a, against did. Buffalo and absolutely jumped their uh, their rushing stats up on, in that one. Um, Packers offense here has been on the rise in the last three weeks. You had you mentioned Christian Watson has been an absolute weapon here down the stretch, and Romeo Dobbs returned last week, looked pretty solid on Monday night yep. against the Rams. Absolutely. And, and, I mean, there's no way around it. This Miami defense just flat-out stinks. Um, usually, with these numbers, with these units, you're able to find some sort of redeeming quality. There really isn't one with the I'm this still Miami looking. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I expect to bounce back from the Miami offense. I expect the Packers to do whatever they want. If Aaron Rodgers is going to have a good game, it better be against a defense like this because they stink. I'm going over in this one. Obviously going to wait just... To make sure the weather report is favorable because yeah. all too many times you get caught with an over and it's seven seven six in the middle of the third quarter because <laughs> it's dumping rain um, That it's that would suck. Um, so I'm looking there. You know, I, weirdly with that over, I'm actually going to look at Dolphins rushing props. And this comes on the heels of a great performance against the bills in a matchup where they really, you know, had to run the ball. They showed they could. I think this is a spot where they can take advantage of a good matchup against a Green Bay defense that ranks 29th in rush yards per game and yards per carry allowed and 28th in explosive rush plays allowed. They've allowed 55 um, rushes of 10 or more yards on the season. That's more than three a game. nearing for a game at this point of runs over 10 yards. Now here's where I'm not throwing this prop in even sure. close to any time before Sunday morning. Um, I'm going to wake up, you know, I don't open Christmas presents, but if I did, I would wake up, I'd have a hot chocolate open my Christmas presents and bet either Mostert or Jeff Wilson's rushing over whichever one is playing. Got to monitor the situation, um, shout out David Blackman. He'll he'll get that one. Um, yeah. And 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 you know Mostert didn't practice today. It looked like Jeff Wilson was getting some work in practice today. So you know waiting till Sunday to see this one. But I think this is a great matchup. Um, you know Mostert. I- I'm going to go with his stats because he's been with the Dolphins a little bit longer this season. So a little bit uh, bigger you know body of work. A little bit more uh, bigger sample size to work off of here. When Mostert gets 14 carries or more. He's gone under 50 yards just once. He's gone over 60 yards all other, all five other times in, out of the six instances. He got 14 carries, including two games over 100 yards. Um, so, you know, it's more seemingly a volume thing with Miami. I think that early and often they'll have success rushing against this Green Bay defense. So I'm looking at rushing overs for the Dolphins depending on the status of those running backs.
1: Yeah, and I, honestly, if you have an alternate line above like sixty, I, I think you can make some money on this game. Like, like my, my comparison, I watch a lot of NFC North football, and if the Bears are putting up thirty plus points on you, again, I know Justin Fields has been you know dynamic at times, and he's a tough guy to game plan for. But I, I saw the swag back a little bit with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I don't know. There was that last drive; the Packers didn't score. Thank God. A lot of people were just, you know, just on life support with those teasers. Just like get down, what are we doing? Oh, Running the ball, and then obviously knowing Aaron Rodgers, I'm like, all right, well he's just going to pound this in. But the game was over; they didn't need to do it, and, and they kneeled down. It was all good. But he was smiling; he was a little more animated. It seemed like Aaron Rodgers was like having fun again, and that's a really dangerous version of Aaron. Absolutely, Rodgers. I'm looking at the Packers, and I see their schedule. They, again, they don't control their own destiny. They play two out of their final three games against. Teams in the NFC North in their division right here. They have the pack. Uh, they have the Vikings, and then they have the Lions in their final two games, respectively. If they could win this game against the Dolphins this week, you know we talked about some NFC teams that are scary. Is anybody scarier than the Green Bay Packers on, on the road with Aaron Rodgers? Do you want to play them if you're Philly? If you're uh,
0: absolutely any not. anybody, no show. Absolutely not. Now, while they while they don't necessarily control their own destiny in terms of getting into the right. playoffs, exactly. If they lose a game, they're out. Right. So every game is a must win now. And when you got a team in the NFL who's had success in the past, has a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, and they need to win or their season is over, that is a dangerous team. And uh, so I expect them to come out and fight in this one. Um, you mentioned how Justin Fields is is a difficult guy to, to game plan against. You know who else is a difficult guy to game plan against, Andrew? Mr. Tyreek Hill. He's on the Miami Dolphins. Um, he's tough to game plan against. There's nothing else I need to say. If you're an over yeah. better, there might not be a better team to bet overs. I, I mean, not statistically, but like just in terms of like confidence watching the game is the Dolphins because they have both Hill and Waddle, who basically any given play can break one for 60 yards, and that's fun to watch. Um, yeah. so I'm looking forward to this one. I hope this one ends up being a shootout like we predict because uh, that could be an extremely fun matchup um but moving away from the offensive fun we are going to move into a game which i don't think will be a shootout and i'm not Man. sure that this is a bold take and uh that is, is this total right e? <laughs> yeah you're, you're seeing that right <laughs> is that a misprint yeah. i, I w- <laughs> you know i wish it was um this is the washington commanders heading to Levi stadium to face the san francisco 49ers san francisco home favorites at seven and a half um points over under 37 and a half, Andrew. That's correct. Currently sitting at 37 and a half. As we said, probably not a shootout in this one. Washington comes into this one, currently clinging by a thread onto the last NFC wildcard spot. Um, and now have to, you know, head to San Francisco, riding a dominant seven-game win streak and vying for playoff seating, trying to get as many home playoff games as they can sitting. Uh, I believe at 10-4, and tied with the Dallas Cowboys, just a game back of the Minnesota Vikings for that two spot in the NFC. San Francisco enters this one at 11th in offensive efficiency, 5th in defensive efficiency. Washington sitting at 25th in offensive efficiency and 17th in defensive efficiency. The San Francisco offense with Brock Purdy has, you know, I was going to say hasn't skipped a beat. It's probably skipped about one beat. um and i'll mention that you know in a second they still rank sixth in yards per play sixth in third down conversion percentage 11th in percentage of drives reaching the red zone and 16th in red zone touchdown percentage i say they've skipped one beat because they are down two percent with purdy taking over of percentage of their drives reaching the red zone and down four percent since purdy took over of red zone touchdown percentage now obviously two and four percent don't seem huge but It's definitely a beat in the wrong direction while Purdy has been able to step in for Garoppolo fairly competently. There are, you know, very certain specific things uh, maybe to worry about with that San Francisco offense moving forward. Uh, The Washington defense has been solid across the board. Third in opponent third down conversion percentage. Sixth in pass yards per game allowed. Tenth in percentage of their opponent's drives reaching the red zone. They have, however, struggled to force turnovers this season, ranking 25th in turnovers forced per game. Washington's offense on the others on the other hand is is a different story been pretty abysmal all year 27th in yards per play 29th in third down conversion percentage 30th in percentage of drives reaching the red zone and they face um, you know one of if not the best defense in the NFL in San Francisco ranking second in yards per play allowed first in all of rushing yards per game allowed yards per carry allowed and explosive rush plays allowed allowing the fewest In rushing stats across the board. Second in percentage of opponent drives reaching the red zone. And ninth in opponent red zone touchdown percentage. Just an absolutely devastating defense led by Nick Bosa on that side. Man. Kyle Shanahan did note this week that Debo Samuel will most likely not play um, as San Francisco already clinched the division. This isn't the end-all be-all game for their season. Um, There are more rest opportunities on the horizon for San Francisco's stars as well if they are able to come away with a win here at home versus Washington. So I expect everybody else to try and pick up the slack there for Debo. Andrew, what's the uh, VPI telling us about this one?
1: Well, this is I, I love this game here. We got the San Francisco 49ers here at a touchdown favorite. FPI though, interestingly enough, gives them only a 68% chance to win. That's not that's not very Seems high. Seems a little bit low, yeah. Seems a little bit low. So this is a game and again, I think there's one uh what was that last game? I think yeah, Minnesota uh, also, Minnesota New York Giants. This is in that same range. So remember back to that when we talk about that Minnesota game a little bit later, but minus seven right here. All right, so you got home teams in this category not very good, Ethan. Home teams fifty three and seventy at an average line of victory at minus five point three. So just shy that's not of five very good and, good there, and a half. Andrew. Not very good, and pretty. I mean, again, significant variance compared to what we're working with here at seven points. I mean, that's valuable, and you're you're getting to a you know over a touchdown. You're also talking so about a,
0: a key key hook at seven and a half there. Key,
1: key numbers. Absolutely. So again, so let's break it down here at that average line of victory, giving five and a half or more home teams are 30 and 38, which is a uh, 44%. When they give five or less, that drops down. They're 23 and 38, which is a little north of 41 and a half percent, which is really not good at all. But, again, we're talking about a touchdown here, so let's look a little more specifically. When those home teams are giving seven points or more, the home teams actually jump to 14 and 12. 14 and 12. That's telling you in this category, the more points a team is giving, the better that team, and the better they are going to be against the spread. And, again, that holds pretty true. Uh, Giving eight or more, that percentage is uh, 54.6%. Again, they're six and five, but it actually jumps up percentage-wise. So love San Francisco here with the numbers. And again, you're going to get back to that other game with Minnesota. That's at minus three. So we're going to talk about that again, but very interesting game for the VPI. San Francisco overall has won six of their last seven. They're also six and one against the spread in those seven games. San Francisco on the season, they are nine and five, five and two at home, but five and one as a home favorite. So one of those losses at home came as an underdog. So even better as a home favorite, they have gone over five of their last eight games. But you mentioned a lot of those numbers saying how strong that San Francisco defense is in Washington, nine, two and one under in their last 12 games. I think the under right here, I mean, Washington might not score. They might not score. And again, I mean, if you have (laughs) this crazy thing, as we talked about, if this game is 30 to seven, it's under. And oh, no, know.
0: we're we're very much on the same page here, Andrew. Yeah. I'm looking under in this one. um thirty seven and a half. It seems ridiculously low. I see no way for Washington to score against this San Francisco defense and definitely not to score in bunches. Um, I, I, I mean, starting on that side of the ball, right? You, you got yeah. heineke who's who's more than fine as, you know, a guy who can come in and get you a few. But this is we're talking about an elite San Francisco defense here. And I just don't think that this is a a good matchup for Washington at all. Um, Washington's only saving grace this season on offense really has been their rushing attack. While they rank 25th in yards per carry, they do rank 10th in rush yards per game. They've been great at keeping games close enough to be able to commit to the run, um, you know, over and over and over again. I don't know if I see this one going the same way. I think if Washington gets into a negative game script and they have to abandon the run, go to a pass game that's been lackluster at best against this San Francisco pass rush that's been absolutely devastating, now getting Eric Armstead back as well. I don't really see a way for Washington to score a ton of points in this one. And on the other side of this, I feel like this could be a spot where San Francisco kind of just almost just takes the win and leaves and that's yeah. it um i mentioned the slight declines with purdy in terms of reaching the red zone and converting in the red zone um i think that especially with washington you know um not pretty, you know as if if the games script goes as we expect it to not scoring a lot of points i think shanahan will be more than happy to take field goals and trust yeah. his defense and not put you know purdy into any situations where he has to you know do anything outside the box i mean that's what shanahan's best at is here just manage this game brock he's seemingly been more than capable of doing that and uh you know that's how i see this one going i'm going to piggyback that with a super interesting prop and I don't know what the odds on this will be but I have to imagine it'll yeah. be plus odds and that's Brock Purdy under 0.5 interceptions. And this sounds, mm. you know, strange. Oh, rookie quarterbacks under. So I already mentioned Washington 25th in turnovers forced per game. They force fewer than one turnovers per game on defense. Um, they've really been struggling to, you know, get their offense back on the field in that regard. But I, based on that game script i think the niners are going to keep the ball on the ground i think they're going to if they're able to get a lead especially i think this is going to stay low scoring i think shanahan's going to want to put the ball in the hands of his defense especially without debo samuel um you know a key weapon for this offense i think you kind of just tell brock hey don't do anything crazy We don't need you to win us this game. We need you to not lose us this game. Let the defense win us this game. And if that's how this goes, I like Brock Purdy under .5 interceptions. Should be plus odds. The other play I like in this one is a little teaser. 7.5 is a great number to tease down. You get that through 7 through 3. Get it to San Francisco minus 1.5. I do still expect them to win this game at home versus Washington um, You know, with playoff seating on the line. Um, And then take the under up six points to 43 and a half, which obviously still seems low, but we just laid that one out. On that over under, you're also getting that through the keys of 40 and 43, which are you know less com- less commonly known keys, um, but 40 and 43 are two, two of the uh, bigger key numbers when it comes to totals in the NFL. You get that spread um, through those. So I like that teaser as well. A few interesting plays there. For San Francisco, something to think about as we uh, you know, head to that matchup with playoff seeding, playoff implications on the line, especially for Washington. And we'll move on now to another NFC East team vying for a playoff spot as the New York Giants head to Minnesota to take on the Vikings, coming off of the biggest comeback in NFL history. Minnesota home favorites laying 3.5 points as it currently stands, over under 47.5. As I mentioned, Minnesota... Greatest comeback in NFL history. It'll be really interesting to see how they come off of this one Uh, riding at What must have been some adrenaline high there. Thank you. Currently the two seed in the NFC playoff picture. If that were to end today, the Giants coming off of a crucial and I mean crucial Sunday night football victory over the commanders and could take another huge step towards securing a playoff spot if they're able to somehow get a win here at Minnesota. Minnesota coming into this one at 10th in offensive efficiency, 14th in defensive efficiency. New York Giants coming in at 12th in offensive efficiency, 18th in defensive efficiency. Minnesota boasts one of the league's best passing attacks on the back of one Mr. Justin Jefferson, Jay Jetta, fifth in pass yards per game, second in explosive pass plays, 10th in percentage of their drives reaching the red zone, and seventh in converting those red zone trips into touchdowns. The offensive line for the Vikings has struggled, uh, allowing the, excuse me, ranking 27th in sacks allowed per game. Facing off against the New York Giants defense here, that is the ultimate, ultimate bend, don't break mentality embodiment on this defense. The bend part of this defense, 28th in yards per play allowed, 30th in rush yards per game allowed, and 32nd in yards per carry allowed. But the don't break part, they are fifth in third down conversion percentage allowed and fourth in red zone touchdown percentage allowed, getting their defense off the field on key plays when they are able to at a very high rate. The Giants offense on the other side of the ball continues to just ride Saquon Barkley like a workhorse and the rest of their rushing game on offense. 23rd in overall yards per play. However, they do rank sixth in yards in rush yards per game, fifth in explosive rush plays, and eighth in red zone touchdown percentage A lot of that due to also Daniel Jones' ability to run the ball, especially in the red zone, a big physical quarterback there. Minnesota defense, we've discussed this before. We've discussed this week over week. One of the worst against the pass, but fairly solid against the run actually should provide an interesting matchup. In this one, they do rank 31st in pass yards per game allowed. I will give a, a slight applause to the Vikings being down 33 to nothing made the colts not throw the ball for the entire second half and really boosted the minnesota defense's passing stats so good for them kind of but not really tenth in yards per carry allowed for the minnesota defense and tenth in percentage of opponent drives reaching the red zone this is an interesting one um obviously the vikings riding an absolute high but the giants also riding a high off their sunday night football victory will be interesting to see how this one plays out lots of playoff seating implications on the line And playoff berth for the New York Giants. Andrew, I know you mentioned this VPI is very interesting. Similar range to the last one. But Minnesota only a a three-and-a-half point favorite. You did tell me to remember that. I remembered. Here we are. What is the VPI telling us here?
1: Well, very similar uh, FPI uh, metrics uh, percentage of chance to win here. Uh, 68% for Minnesota right here. Uh, That line was minus three, minus, uh, yeah, minus three we have here. So home teams, again, 53 and 70 overall. We mentioned when they give more than five and a half, 44%. When they're giving five or less, that percentage for the home team uh, against the spread drops to just shy of 42%. But now we're going the other way. We talked about what happens when they're getting more points, but what happens when they're actually giving less points? So when they're giving four points or more, the home team's record actually jumps up To uh, 39 and 49. That's 44%. When they're giving three points or more, that percentage just jumps up a little bit, 49 and 59 to just north of 45%. But an overall uh, big number here home teams giving three and a half or less points overall, 14 and 21. So again, you see how three, three and a half there's key numbers and those are pretty significant. And you see that when you go through this VPI. So again, home teams giving three and a half points or less a field goal or less. Those home teams are 14 and 21 against the spread, which is 40%. So that's saying 60% of the time, the road team, which is the New York giants here, football giants uh, will win the game. Minnesota six, seven and one against the spread. They're four and four at home this year, four and three as a home favorite. Again, I, Nothing really is telling me to take Minnesota. No. We talked about how you know again they're they're a team that wins ball games. They haven't covered you know that many games. They're, they're just shy of a 500. Their winning percentage against the spread, but they do win and they are a tough team. The New York Giants, on the other hand, they've been covering a lot of games here. Ten and four against the spread this season. They're five and one against the spread on the road. And how about this nugget, Ethan? They have won four of those games outright. Yep. Including, no, the one, including that one neutral site game against the Green Bay Packers. I know that that doesn't technically count as a road game, but it was not played at home. So there you go. And then 5-3-1 and one, uh, New York Giants under in their last nine games. Minnesota has actually gone over in five of their last six games, but a lot of that has been garbage time. They've had to come back. They've been chunking the ball just everywhere on the field, and Justin Jefferson continues to make every catch i don't see much here with the total i can't you know i don't want to give too much of an opinion but again i think i really like the new york giants here they've been great against the spread they're getting a little bit you know just right around a field goal i think that's a great number and the numbers indicate that they should they should take this one here against the spread maybe even win it outright who knows
0: oh how about that yeah this is an interesting one um i'm sticking to props in this one i just think both of these teams are you know i've been i've been riding the giants all year but i boy do i hate betting against the vikings at home they have one of the best home field advantages in the league i'm sticking to the props here and i'm going back to the well of like i don't care how bad your passing attack is the viking secondary is worse saquon's going to draw the attention um, and I think that you load the box against this team. It's going to be a good opportunity to get some, to win some matchups on the outside against the secondary. This game is played indoors in in Minnesota. It's going to favor the passing game. I'm looking at Darius Slayton. I'm looking at Richie James. I'm looking at over on receiving yards for both of those receivers. I really don't care the number against Minnesota. You don't have to be good to get a lot of yards. Um, so that's where I'm looking on the giant side of the ball. On the Viking side of the ball, I'm actually going the opposite way. Um, the Vikings have not been a very good rushing offense volume wise this year, but Dalvin has shown the propensity to, you know, be able to break some explosive plays. I'm looking at Dalvin cook over on his rushing yards. This line has typically been sitting around 70, 75 all year. I'm going way over that. I might go even, yep. um, you know, with some alternate lines here against this giants defense that is dead last in yards per carry allowed allowing just over five and a half yards per carry Andrew if you rush the ball for five and a half yards per carry every time you touch it you will never lose a football game I can almost guarantee you that so simple math I'm looking for the Vikings to take advantage of that to see that to see that mismatch to exploit it I'm going Dalvin Cook over rushing yards here
1: beautiful and hey I need him in the playoffs so I hope you're righty those alternate lines like you said those could be dangerous in this game and and again vikings are a tough team but man those giants maybe you know plus odds put it maybe tease them a little bit that that could be a good play as well oh. san francisco
0: well one score games with the vikings you know you never know people
1: talked about that
0: all right so we will move on Final from game. this one on to an afc matchup with Large implications across the board with Andrews, Cincinnati Bengals heading out to Foxborough to face the New England Patriots. Cincinnati currently sitting at three and a half point favorites. I will note this line is leaning back towards. Excuse me. It's moving towards the Patriots. This line is looking like it will be three at some it's point over outrageous. under forty one and a half. and Cincinnati heading to Foxborough here as probably the hottest team in the NFL, as as Andrew has laid out, winning eight of their last nine games, including all of their last six. Um, That includes a victory over the Chiefs. You know, they take a one game lead over a struggling Ravens team for the AFC North crown and can clinch a playoff spot with a win here in Foxborough, New England on quite the opposite trajectory lost three of their last four, including, I mean, one of the weirdest losses I've ever seen to the uh, to an NFL game last week against the Raiders. Um, Currently sitting outside the AFC playoff picture, one game behind the eight and six Dolphins and Chargers. And they do have a very difficult end of the season facing Cincinnati this week, Miami and Buffalo to close out the year for the Patriots. Cincinnati currently sitting at second in offensive efficiency, seventh in defensive efficiency, new England at 31st abysmal in offensive efficiency, but 10th in defensive efficiency. Cincinnati's offense is back and full force and humming with Chase Higgins and Boyd all back in the lineup. fourth and third down conversion percentage, fourth in pass yards per game, sixth in percentage of drives reaching the red zone and fourth in red zone touchdown percentage for the excellent Cincinnati offense New England's defense has been the only thing keeping them quote stiff, sniffing around um, you know the playoff chase here. Uh, fifth in yards per play allowed, eighth in percentage of opponent drives reaching the red zone third in sacks per game this could be a key to the game for the new england defense against the cincinnati offensive line ranking 24th in sacks per game allowed not much good on the other side of the ball for new england their offense ranks 28th in third down conversion percentage 31st in percentage of drives reaching the red zone and 32nd dead last in converting red zone chances into touchdowns there has been an extremely concerning decline to new england's rush game since week six Uh, entering week six, 10 weeks ago now ranked eighth in rush yards per game at 141 yards per game. They currently sit at 19th at just 115 rush yards per game. Cincinnati's defense has made a huge jump from last season, ranked 14th in defensive efficiency through the regular season. They now rank seventh. They are extremely solid against the run, ranking seventh in rush yards per game, sixth in yards per carry allowed. On the other, or in the red zone, they are top ten defense, ranking ninth in red zone percent, red zone touchdown percentage allowed. They have struggled, however, to generate a pass rush. They rank thirtieth in sacks per game. Lot on the line for both of these teams on Saturday morning. Andrew, what's the VPI telling us?
1: Well, I think what you're telling me here, Ethan, is Bienvenidos a Cancun. If you're a member of the New England Patriots here, you better get those flights booked because ticket prices are going up here. So, uh, Bill, if you're you- listening,
0: we apologize.
1: here. FBI gives them a 36% chance. And you said it was at three and a half, but maybe going towards three, which again, just outrageous. All right. We'll go through this quickly. Home teams, 33 and 36 overall, with an average line of victory of 4.7. That means the away team is, um, sorry, that means that they are covering again around five so when they get five or more home teams are 16 and 12 that's 57 percent. that's pretty darn good but when they get four and a half or less oh boy that drops down to 41 and a half percent 17 and 24 and guess what Ethan it gets even worse when you get under four getting three and a half or less home teams are 13 and 19 which is just north of 40 and a half percent so again I love Cincinnati. You talked about how great they've been against the spread this year. The numbers even indicate that that they should cover this game and probably comfortably. Cincinnati, 5-2 and as a road favorite. One of those losses occurred within the first two weeks. And again, they're 11-1 in their last 12 games. New England, 7-6-1 and one against the spread. How about this nugget? 0-2 oh, this season at home as a home dog. So the games that they've been at home, they've covered wow. – you know what they, they, they haven't been get, they haven't been getting a lot of points here so i think cincinnati heavily in this game um but yeah How about oh
0: you? yeah I'm, I'm laying the points here um cincinnati is just the better team here they're hot their defense can hang with new england's and i don't think the pats can keep up with cincinnati on offense i think this is A very, very similar matchup to what the Bengals just covered. They just covered three and a half comfortably being down 17-3 at halftime at Tampa Bay. I don't think New England is that much better, if better at all, than Tampa Bay. They both have solid defenses and horrible offenses, but at least Tampa Bay had Tom Brady. New England, people forget, don't have Tom Brady anymore. They're going to miss him in this one. Cincinnati clinches a playoff spot with a win. They'll be up. They'll be ready. Struggling Pat's team. The only concern I have here on monitoring the wind situation, maybe expecting 10 to 20 mile per hour winds could probably hurt the Bengals. They rely a little bit more on the pass than New England, but sure. I mean either way, they're a better team. I'm going Cincinnati here. The other play I'm looking at here, and this is a big, this one has a big asterisk next to it, also monitoring injury, is uh Ramondre Stevenson under rushing yards. Um I get scared because Damian Harris is expected to be back here, and I'm afraid that the line will actually overcorrect for that too much, as Damian Harris isn't really expected to have a huge workload, so it's still primarily going to be Ramondre Stevenson in this one. However, Cincinnati's defense has been awesome against the rush, 6th in yards per carry allowed, ninth in explosive rush plays allowed, not allowing chunk plays. If this game, again, goes how we expect, a negative game script for the Pats, they're going to have to abandon the run. They're not going to be able to keep up with Cincinnati. I like your Bengals to roll, Andrew, and we'll see how that works out for your Super Bowl prediction. Andrew, thanks for coming on. Great having you, as always. Good luck this weekend in Vegas. Good luck on the books. Good luck in fantasy football to you and all our loyal listeners who are still in the fantasy football playoffs, unlike myself. Another great week of football coming up. Happy holidays to everyone.
1: Happy holidays. Take care, guys.